I was actually trying to move to Sweden temporarily. And I had a ticket. It was just like a typical quarantine situation. Uh, um, that's kind of the place that I go to write music. It's like my my peaceful place. And my family's part Swedish, so we have a cabin there. And I've been writing music there since I was 16. And so I was super excited to go. And then, uh, yeah, it just my flight got canceled. And it was just all this crazy stuff. And I kept trying to reschedule it and then just ended up giving up. So I sent some angry emails to customer service and then realized I, I needed to I needed to back off. <laughs> How constant is that throughout your career? Is it every time you need to sort of sit down and, and write new songs, you fly to Sweden? <laughs> Anytime I have a song idea, book a flight. It actually is sort of constant. I, I think I go once a year and there's sort of, I feel like my creativity kind of just fits into this kind of, it's almost like a weird seasonal thing, uh, like how humans, you know, like respond to different seasons or something. For me, I sort of have this, like, I have like a like different phases I go through in the year. And I usually, I feel like there's usually something sad that happens to me in the fall. Like I lose something or there's some really sad thing. And then I get creative and usually like to go to Sweden around that time. Um, and it's, it's kind of the worst time to go to Sweden because it gets really dark and like sort of makes you feel even more sad. But um, I guess like the, fall, the early part of the fall is nice. But um, yeah, I think I go about once a year and it's just, it's just really nice because with creativity, I think like I, sometimes I just have, you know, I can be creative at, at any random time, but there's usually like a time when I know I'm going to have more of like a phase or I'm, like, I'm going to write a lot and kind of build on these ideas. But I don't know, you know how there's like that kind of saying of like, you don't, you don't know where your home is until you leave. You kind of can't completely understand your feelings about something until you get away from it. Then you have, it's almost like you're too close to something and you can't fully um, express it or have it come to fruition. So for me, I sort of will go to Sweden and then, it gives me clarity and helps me to actually see how to build the, the ideas from whatever vision I had. I've heard a lot of uh, musicians talk about how they need uh, the distance of time to feel like they can write something, you know, that, that sort of perspective in life. But distance in this scenario is actual literal geographical distance from the place yeah. that, that created that art. Totally. It can kind of be the same as the time thing. It's just like physical distance is you can achieve the same thing, I think, is like waiting a long time, you know? And yeah, it is that, yeah, you kind of brought up an interesting thing about like something about creativity, or at least my creativity is always being um, somewhat personal or being attached to me in some way. I'm not sure if all, you know, creative people are, are like that. I guess there's really different ways. Obviously, to some degree, everybody who makes something is drawing some sort of inspiration from something around them. Right, yeah. And I think, in the end, you're going to be, you have to tie it to yourself in some way, even if it's not going to be obvious. Like, you have to have some way to connect with what you're doing. And, you know, I'm wondering, like, for you, with what you do, how much of it, because there's obviously a creative element to it. Um, you know, it's like you are the person who's building these things from conversations you're having. And I wonder how personal it is. For some reason, I was interviewing the people that I... A thing that I learned a while ago is like anything else you need to... And I'm saying this from my own perspective, that you need to inject something personal, you know, that, that it is useful in a conversation to show a part of yourself, to show that, you know, that you're kind of empathetic, that you've been through something similar. And it, I think, creates a more organic conversation that way. To, to me, the best interviews are as conversational as possible. Yeah, totally. And even if it seems like there's a lot of differences between the two people having the conversation, that makes it even more interesting when there's ways that they can connect. I think that's why one of the reasons why podcasts are so interesting to listen to because you get to hear like people who do really different things kind of connecting in ways and sometimes they don't even realize, you know, it's like it just happens in conversation and it's super it's super cool. I always learn so much from podcasts. The good ones are for sure. You know, I, I think that like like any other art form, you risk getting sort of too incestual with it. There's this kind of ongoing joke that, you know, about this entire podcasting ecosystem of Los Angeles comedians that's just Los Angeles comedians having other Los Angeles comedians on their show. There aren't too many gaps to bridge in some of those conversations. 
Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That does. That makes sense. It's almost like you'd be competing for like the same persona or something. <laughs> There's no middle ground to settle on between them. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like for me, some of the most interesting ones that I've listened to, you know, where there's like people that do really different things and they have like really different perspectives on something. Cause there's just going to be more interesting conversations that way. I am obviously a lot of people who make music started doing it at a, at a fairly young age, but most people who are in rock bands have like known other lives, have had other jobs, have done other things, but this is something you've been doing since you were how old? Um, I released my first album when I was 11. Yeah, which is unusual, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, I have heard of some other people who have done that. Like, um, you know, there's like, like jo- I feel like Joni Mitchell released stuff when she was really young. Sure. Or even Taylor Swift. Um, sure. But yeah, it is kind of, it's weird. I've been thinking about that also recently, just the fact that I've sort of been doing the same thing my whole life. I mean, it's, feels it feels different like there's something about music or at least like the way that I approach it where you know the more that I do it just seems like I I almost feel like I know less like there's just so much and I I guess I just have more like a confidence like explore and stuff to relate it to myself as somebody who's you know been writing professionally for a long time I feel like in some ways I was more confident in myself as a writer when I was young and bad at it, <laughs> you know, when, when, when I was young and I was just like, I think I've always like had some skills or been inclined to be able to write, but maybe I was a little too confident in myself in those early days. Do you think it was, I mean, cause I'm, I'm wondering if there's a difference between confidence and then just like a lack of questioning everything you do or overthinking. Like, do you think it was actually like, you're like cocky about it or maybe just kind of, doing with a little bit less thought. I think that I have always understood that it's one of the few things in the world that I'm actually pretty good at. But but given that and and I would I would you know, I would rather eat glass and go back and read something that I wrote when I was, you know, 13, 14 even even into high school. Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah, I kind of have the same I I have a bit of the same kind of feeling with my work but I kind of it's weird because I'm I, I'm actually like always I've always been someone who's like I'm not super confident I'm kind of insecure um I, I don't want to be but I think I am in a lot of ways and then uh writing music is sort of the only thing where I just like do it and I don't really think about it that much like when I was younger I don't remember, like, I never felt like it was a thing I should be confident about because it wasn't even cool when you were 11. It was, like, weird. Like, I kind of wanted to hide it. Oh, I, it doesn't It doesn't really make sense. That people would, like, kind of, like, no one knew how to be about it. Like, it just seemed so weird that people would kind of almost, like, joke about it or make fun of it or something. Like, it was just such a weird thing. And so I was kind of, like, embarrassed about it. Like, I didn't, didn't really like it, but it was just this thing I knew that I had to do, and I would do it on my own, and it was, like, this weird secret life I had. And I guess there was some some confidence or something, some drive, but I definitely didn't feel like, I don't really remember feeling like I was like, yeah, I don't know if it like made me feel confident, but. Um, Secret life is, uh, is an interesting way to put it, right? Cause this was something that in a lot of respects you were doing very publicly. I know, but it's, it was that way and it still is. I have always felt like music was this, like the way that I approach it is as if it's a secret life thing that no one else is going to hear because it's the one place in my life where I'm I'm not reserved I kind of let myself go wild and I'll like it's like it's a diary like I'll put like an emotion diary I'll put all my emotions into it and I kind of like have this weird thing where I know it's like a trick where I pretend that no one's going to hear it or I'm like I can say anything I want and then yeah I end up like releasing the stuff but I just kind of know it's like um simultaneously you know like a kind of almost therapeutic exercise for me. And I kind of just, I use it for that. And then also it's, I just feel like my best stuff is, comes from me letting loose. So I have to think about it. I have to not think about it as being public because thinking about something as being public means you're thinking about the perception of it as you're doing it. 
And that's always a weird way to approach creativity. It's like meta. I don't know if you're saying you're embarrassed by it, but that it was something that like, that wasn't cool, which Mm -hmm. is really kind of funny to hear in hindsight. Cause like, I would assume that when I was that age, somebody being in a rock band would be like the coolest thing. Well, it, it did sort of get cool, but like way later, like when I was like, you know, when you're 11, that's not like a normal thing at all. So I think when I was really young, it, um, it definitely seemed weird and I felt like that I was on and off doing homeschool and basically you know I'd switch like every year to either being homeschooled or going to school and whenever I was going back to school I my just my main goal was just to be to seem normal and to be like able to hang out with like popular girls or something so the music didn't really help that at all I just wouldn't ever talk about it and also like no I didn't really it was hard to relate to people with that like no one was really doing that kind of thing. If this was something that, that, you know, I assume that like, at least in the early days that you and you, your sister were just kind of doing for fun, like how did things snowball to the point that they did? I mean, I'd certainly heard of you, you know, at the time when you were coming out, like you kind of became the thing. Yeah, it sort of, like we were living in Seattle at that time and it was just weirdly timed to be kind of like post grunge. It was like, you know, the, the music community there had been established as being this really like real thing. And everyone was, it was sort of the opposite of how you might think of like things in LA being. And so everything was, we kind of just like learned to, you know, like be, be real with music, don't sell out, like all that kind of stuff. And everyone supported us just doing our thing. And it was pretty amazing. We were completely like welcomed and, you know, supported by the Seattle music scene. And it really... Yeah, it it just kind of happened. Like, we were definitely just playing music for fun. And then somehow we started doing these open mics. And, um, I like, I think our parents were super standoffish. Like, they never wanted, you know, they were, like, terrified of being, like, the, the parents of who are pushing these kids to do their things and, like, tr- you know, trying to make money off them or something like that. Like, they were, like, the opposite of that. But they did, like, convince me to do some open mics. For some reason and I was terrified of doing it because I was so shy and I would start doing these open mics and kind of just like doing more stuff but I don't even really think I knew why it just kind of seemed to me like it was a normal hobby like you push yourself with whatever you're doing you gotta challenge yourself and get better and I was like I need to work on my performing and play so started doing that and then just you know word got around and people and then yeah like some bigger music act asked us to open for them which was pretty crazy obviously I wasn't really like aware of how amazing that was at the time but it was pretty amazing like how supportive all these musicians were do you ever regret having put too much of yourself out there at at very formative age yeah that is actually really interesting because there's like this weird thing about kind of publicizing your personal growth and just everyone like inevitably is gonna make a lot of mistakes and do some really yeah or fucked up stuff when you're growing up and then to just have that like out there in this permanent way is so strange and I think there, like yeah there's definitely some things I've done that I can imagine them like going viral in like a horrible way and people being like oh my god like this who is this white girl trying to rap like there was like that's definitely one of (laughs) one of the things I sometimes think about because I yeah I was just like a kid and I would just kind of kind of copy the things that I heard and I I didn't really know to be filtered. I would just do whatever felt right. You were doing what everyone does as a kid, but you were doing it on a much larger stage. Totally. And I kind of, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot of things that yeah, me and Chloe like laugh about. We're like, oh my God, like what, what were we doing? Like, um, we were just like, yeah, our, our goal was definitely um, not to just kind of make our image seem as cool or as good as it should. We were just kind of trying to be our weird selves and like make everything fun for us. Like we had this sounds insane, but we had like developed these weird like characters. We had this whole like world of weird characters and they were called the pumps and it makes no sense, but they just, they also like, they all looked like these super phallic weird characters. Everything was just embarrassing about them. And we would draw them and like, we kind of were just adamant about them like being a part of our image. And I think everyone around us was like, why do they have to be on the cover artwork? Like, (laughs) please no. And we were just always trying to like get them involved. And it was like this inside joke that me and Chloe had, like let's try to sneak in these characters and see if our label notices or something. It was just 
yeah, just, we were just doing what we wanted and just being ridiculous. And like some of that stuff is just, it seems insane. that it's like, like I see it on the internet and I'm like, oh my God, like I cannot believe that stuff is out there. <laughs> Crazy. I was listening back to an interview that two of you did when, when you made the name change. And, and I, I know the sort of the, the, the story at the time was it had something to do with Snooki and, and, and her, her basically having appropriated smoosh into like some sort of sexual euphemism. Was that kind of a convenient story? Because it, it does seem to me that like there is a very concerted effort there to attempt to start a second chapter. Yeah, like, yeah, like there was more to the name change than just that. I mean, that was just kind of a funny story that honestly it was, that was part of the reason. It was just everything at the same time, realizing like, you know, that just kind of reinforced the idea that this name is no longer, you know, who we are. If we need to have a new, have a fresh start, you know, we were just like, oh, we give up with smoosh, like it's completely ruined. And then also kind of felt like it was time for a change. So it just worked out. Maybe it was um, a blessing in disguise. There wasn't a concerted effort then to you know, I guess sort of leave that past in the past. That's another weird thing is that I feel like I've always had trouble actually realizing, you know, how many fans we have or something. Like, I think at the time I didn't even really, I didn't really like know that we were going to maybe lose some people or like that we should maybe appreciate those people that were really, um, you know, they cared about our music and stuff. I feel like I wasn't as aware as I should have been of the people that, loved our music or something but um I yeah I think it like in hindsight there's probably probably should have done some stuff to make it easier for people to follow the name change like the fans we had because I think a lot of people totally like they found out more recently they're like whoa I did not know you were smooch that's crazy you know I think one of the things that probably took me too long to realize is you know you, you want to think of your life as being in different chapters yeah you know, this like whether it's, whether it's it's like a book or or movie, but that's not how it works, right? I mean, it's your your life is just it, it's it's one continuous thing, and then it and then it stops. It's it's not like there, there's not really a a point where you know there's necessarily going to be a clear delineation, you know, and and having a name change isn't ultimately going to change you know, what you're doing, the, the trajectory of the bands, and, you know, it's not going to make probably a huge difference from album to album. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some examples of, like, where where it can, or at least, you know, there's there's ways where you can recreate yourself and really have that translate over, and it, it is, like, a hard delineation, you know, between personas, um, and it's kind of interesting now because everybody has the ability to think of their life and their identity as being this kind of brand um, that in the past was only kind of uh, something that like artists, you know, were able to do. And now, um, you know, there's, I mean, there's influencers, but there's also just everybody that has their virtual identity and they can decide to change their username or make a new account where they're going to be super different and only post like naked pictures. Like we have all this freedom to, to do that. And then, I mean, yeah, it's not, not like you're actually just completely erasing your former persona but it it does give you like an interesting kind of way to like just feel like you're you're different now like you're like oh my my uh, username is different therefore I am different it's an interesting like thing I feel like all humans like want to do that at some point in their life like you want to feel like there's a change that's like real you know usually when we talk about bands that do that you know I'm, I'm sure that like I'm I'm struggling to think of, of an example right now, but like I don't know for some reason the only thing that this is jumping to mind is the move, the move turning into to ELO. Yeah, but like there are a lot of examples of like a core group of people uh, becoming another band and having a really clear stylistic shift. But the vast majority of the time that occurs, that's because they're changing personnel. They're working with different people. There's different people involved. But the bands or the bands have always been and will always be the two of you. Yeah. And yeah, it is kind of interesting to not change the members or anything, but to just change the name and then it would be different. I mean, for us though, it was also, I think we changed the band name when I was 17. So it was kind of like just, you know, basically like I was a kid and now I'm a a woman (laughs) or something like that. It it did almost feel like I, I had to change something because it's weird to continue on some legacy or something that you had when you were a kid, because it's just hard to have that 
it feels like it's limiting in ways. I kind of felt like it was, it's such a cool, Smoosh Legacy is pretty awesome. It's like a cool thing. And I kind of like that it's this thing that um, was from a different time. It feels like it was from a different time. Were there ever points when you tried to introduce new people into the group or, or get more members, more collaborators? Yeah, you know, we've always like wanted, well, we did have our sister Maya in the band for a little while. And um, it was really awesome having her in the band. Like she's saying the harmonies that were way too high for us. We gave her all like the worst harmonies to sing. And <laughs> and she she was a really awesome member though. She, um, she added so much, but, and she totally like, it felt like it was really hard to have someone in the band that wasn't a sibling, you know? Like we just had such a crazy sister connection. And whenever we'd have other people, like a cellist toured with us at this one point. Um, and it always felt like there was just some something really different about like that member's um, position in the band, you know, like no one could ever, it was just, it's hard to have someone, uh, you know, fit in in that way. It was a sense of introducing a third or fourth person that they would have just been like a touring member or be, or been like support in some way and not necessarily be, a core member of the group. Yeah. And I think in some ways it's kind of good that the fact like Chloe and I have such a strong connection and um, we've been working together for so long that we just, we have this thing and then it sort of is really, you know, it's cool. It's like, you're not going to have that with everyone you collaborate with. And I think we actually just realized when we started collaborating with people, we were both sort of doing our own music ventures. And then also we would have people play with us and we just, we didn't we never realized before that how strong our creative connection was we kind of are we're just used to having rehearsals or writing sessions where we would barely talk and we kind of just like know what's going on it seems like cheesy to talk about that but it really is a thing like to be that connected to someone and then how that translates over into your creativity it felt like no one else could really do that and we just have to be um it felt kind of awkward to bring them into that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's a cliche, obviously, but it's probably a cliche for a reason, but I've heard people discuss that with like twins, you know, of like, of twins having a shared language. And it, and it sounds like it was like that to some degree. Definitely. Um, it is like that for us. And it's kind of interesting because we have two other sisters and we're all super close, but we, Chloe and I have like a, have a different kind of connection just because of the working together so much and doing the creative stuff. So yeah, kind of, I know that it is something that is like, like a special thing. It does sound like that you're doing more stuff separate from one another, that you're kind of, that you're both working on your, your own projects in tandem. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just sort of, you know, as we got older, there were just more opportunities for solo things or just um, collaboration that would be separate. And it felt, usually it felt like it was good for the band anyways, to kind of branch out because we would, it's you know it's just good to kind of explore in different areas and then you bring back what you learned to the band and it, it always felt like the band was the main thing but um it was I think it was cool for both of us to kind of because it's also you know when you're in this band with someone and you have that kind of weird shared creative brain sometimes you almost forget who you are in a way it's good to like remember your own identity like what it is that you do and you have to do that alone um you don't know it's not necessarily a good thing to just always have that uh you know creative partner to lean on or something it was it's so safe I guess was scoring something you you were interested in previously or was this just kind of a bit of of serendipity um like both because I've just always felt like a part of I've just loved um the idea of like um I guess seeing something visual and then kind of making the the melody for it to kind of like uh, like fulfill what's going on or like bring out this kind of different thing in whatever that scene is. And I've been doing that since I was a kid, actually. That was like how I learned playing piano. Um, my mom would, would put these um, books, like picture books on the piano. And then I would like, or she would read books to me and I would play and just make a music for her as she was reading. And it was just this thing that felt totally natural to do. And then I kind of realized when I was scoring the video game that I felt like I was doing the same thing. It was just this, like it felt, it felt natural to just kind of make the music for a story. 
So that was a big part of your music development in the early days was just, you know, kind of sitting with a, a piece of art that you liked and creating an accompanying piece of music. Yeah, I would kind of just um, be this weird like fly on the wall for whatever was happening in the house. And I would just kind of like, not like I was like really like listening to conversations or anything, but I would just kind of make the music for like what was going on. Like I kind of just liked to have it be this direct thing, like just kind of absorbing things uh, mindlessly and then, you know, channeling that like into the music. It's kind of always been something I've done. It's always been a part of my creativity. The process must change a little bit when you're dealing with a video game, something that's not only interactive, but, you know, that, that has, um, you know, a, not quite infinite, but, but that has, you know, so many, so many different outcomes and so many, so many different scenarios. Are, are you, is the idea to just kind of essentially create loops? Yeah. I mean, you're right that a video game is there's a lot more to it it's not just like oh i can just create this music for the whole game like it's there's a lot of rules and things like that that you have to keep in mind that i kind of learned and they were sort of hard to uh, i felt like i had to adapt a lot but um i think it i think it probably really depends on the game and the way that music just like in a tv show or a movie there's so many different ways that music can be you know like there's different kind of roles that it can play um and but the thing in general about games is sort of what you were saying where everything has to have this loop uh this loop nature like you have to be able to have things loop and then add melodies and then take away melodies depending on what's happening um it has to be something that can work for a really long time while someone's playing like on a level or something and it has to just kind of like work it sound like this meditative thing that's not going to be like super like, abrasive to the listener you know it just works um but then you also want there to be enough change where it kind of flows with whatever the character's doing so if there's like you know like sometimes there's this sort of peaceful background music that will kind of fit the vibe of like the world of that, le- that level and then there's a battle about battle melody that can be placed in at any point whenever like a boss fight or whatever, or some kind of battle starts. So it has to be able to fit over that, but you like want it to sound obvious that like, oh, now it's like the fight scene. And then like they win and then, oh, now it's back to the normal song. I mean, essentially it's your job to create moods, it sounds like. Yeah, I think moods, but then, yeah, there's definitely moods. And there were also um, in Justin's game, uh, the way that he is with, characters is like he's so specific with creating these weird quirky characters and they have these really like bold personas so when I would create the character music for certain characters and I definitely had fun with that because he would kind of explain the vibe of the character but then I feel like I could also just totally do it on my own because there's they have such a, a vibe just seeing how they are you know it's so strong and then some of the yeah, so some of the music was just, like, directly making, like, this person's theme song, this character's theme song. I've been super interested in, in ambient music these, these past few months since the quarantine started. I, and, and I think a lot of it is just dealing with a lot of the, just, like, so the, the things that I've been dealing with in my own life and, and depression and things like that. And, and there was, there was a, a while there at the beginning where I wasn't able to listen to words with music, wow. you know, and, and even there was even a period when I couldn't listen to music at all. And, and the way I essentially like wean my back, myself back into listening to music was going out there and really for the first time in a long time, kind of earnestly exploring ambient music. Was it, was that um, just because you were going through depression or it was kind of a tough time where you didn't? I think th- there's, there's a part of depression that makes it difficult to, you know, just kind of enjoy the things that you, that, that, that you normally enjoy. I mean, I'm curious, like in your own life, as, as you've been living through these, this the bizarre last several months living through this pandemic and like just the world feeling like it's, it's coming apart at the seams. What, what role music has played? That's really interesting. My relationship with music is kind of weird. I, I don't actually listen to tons of different music and I'm not always up to date with like the newest albums I'm sort of a bit um removed from it like I think 
it's something that I'm so close to in so many ways that I don't always want to listen to music. And I think I'm just really picky about what I listen to, but I've actually also, I think it started happening before quarantine, but I really started to get listening to a lot of ambient music during quarantine. And um, it's sort of, I guess, I think it has something to do with experiencing, um, you know, internally and ex- externally, this really weird situation that is, um, it's almost easier to just have music playing in the background that's not one specific mood or telling you how to feel or something that's like a really typical human experience. It felt like that kind of stuff just, um, it was like too much or didn't really feel right. It was kind of easier to just have these like, sort of, I don't know, like flowy songs that could kind of let your, your mind go. And I, I don't know if that was good or bad because there's already so many things that make you feel like you're not completely in your normal reality in quarantine and then I think the kind of music I listened to like made it even more like that it was like the world was just like really different it's something that a lot of older musicians have pointed out Mm -hmm. to me which is the you know this phenomenon of of music really just becoming a constant ambient part of our not ambient in like the you know the Brian sense but ambient in like the literal the more literal sense yeah that's a relatively recent occurrence you know of like there being not only just music playing every time you're in a supermarket, but like, you know, like top hits or, or like, you know, or it'd be like, you'll, you'll walk into Starbucks and like Elliot Smith will be playing and just, you know, music just turning into almost this, uh, this, this, this part of the atmosphere is not something that that's, that's always existed and it is to some degree kind of generational completely it almost is similar to how we just fill up all the space in our existence with things that we don't really leave any silence in any way and you know it's sort of just how phones are right now it's kind of there's so much um we're just always distracted by something there's all these like just immediate things going on and we rarely have like nothing external that's going to influence you know how we feel it's such a weird thing I think we're pretty uncomfortable with that and I think yeah the music just kind of getting used to having that always be in the background makes it feel harder to not have it do you get a sense of how dealing with quarantine whether it's going to have a a concrete impact on or has already had a concrete impact on the work you make um yeah I mean totally it's there's a lot of, it's hard to know how to answer that question because there's so many different ways that it is affecting the work. And also it gets back to the idea of distance. Like obviously it's really hard to be able to identify any of those things when you're still in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. I think that's sort of what a lot of people, if people are being asked to, um, like comment on quarantine in some way, like write a song about quarantine for NPR or um, write an essay about it. And it's this weird thing where it's like, all right, so we're all, I guess, in some way going through the same thing. And then it's weird to somehow think that you are the person who should write about it or that you should like have some like elevated perspective on the whole situation and everyone is so close to it. So it's sort of, yeah, it's hard. You kind of just have to, personal with it and everyone is definitely affected in you know in some way like by it it would be super interesting if no one had phones or any way to like virtually connect that would be like such a crazy thing for humanity and then to know that people were having to create art and stuff but to not you know because like don't you think that we're completely influenced by seeing how everyone like everyone else is reacting like if I can see how all these other musicians are reacting to it that's totally going to go into the way that I react to it or that I um, express myself and that's just like the how it is with the crazy virtual echo chamber right now Um, but I do it definitely seems like in general it's just like a very um, creative time for everyone because people are just no one can tour nobody can uh, do these other like there's a bunch of work plans that are getting canceled and people are the only thing left is just creating and writing music um so I think everyone is kind of having to like, you know, <laughs> go within <laughs> and create stuff. 
and there is more there is more silence more of that kind of uh, silence of just the external world that allows people to um you know to kind of process stuff and right um so i think that that just that general silence has been has been has been like good for me i guess it sounds weird to say that but it's been definitely made me create more and just kind of yeah i think i don't know maybe it's even made me a little bit more uninhibited with what i do it's just like so much time to <laughs> to work on stuff i mean ultimately when you're thinking toward whatever the next project is, if it's a, another chaos, chaos record, you know, the fact that like, for instance, that you, you can't go to Sweden, right. You know, which is, which is, has been such an integral part of, of your process. And that's something that, you know, because of everything that's going on was taken from you. I mean, do, do you still feel that you'll be able to create in the same way, even though you're forced to mix things up? Yeah, I think so. Cause I think, that limitations can often be the best thing for creating. So maybe it's going to end up being better that I can go there and have everything exactly how I wanted and, you know, perfectly set up. That's just kind of, that's definitely how I am with creative stuff. Like if I, if there is some limitation that I have, it'll almost make me excited to uh, make something really good or to like do something that wasn't expected, you know? Are you and Chloe thinking about the next record or have you, have you, have you moved on to it? Have you started work on it at all? We have, we actually, we've been working a lot and um, I mean, well, we actually have a full, an album's worth of material pretty much ready that we are going to do an album, but we, we're going to work on a little bit more because I think we just know that there's still like a couple elements missing from this album, like for it to feel like it's done. So I think we're going to, there's going to be a few more songs that we need to make and we'll probably end up scrapping some from the current list we have. Um, but yeah, we are definitely working on that. And then we have another project we're working on, which is going to be, um, it's like a, a visual counterpart to the album. And I'm super excited about it. And it's weird because we were actually, we started working on it right before quarantine or a little bit before quarantine. And now it seems like it's this thing that, is such a huge part of um, music is like, cause you can't really perform in real life. So people are adding these like virtual elements, these like, other kind of visual elements to their recordings. It's weird. It feels like, um, I don't know if it's good or bad because a lot of people are sort of doing that stuff, but we're super excited about this project. And um, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that's like a bit out of our comfort zone, but I think that's why, excited about it. <laughs> you know, obviously a lot of people that I talk to for the show, I'm talking to because they have a, a project coming out, uh, you know, and, and, and you do with this game, but um, you know, when, when it's people who have something like a, a new book or a new record coming out, you know, I, I kind of have to ask them, you know, what, what, what it's like having this piece of art that you worked on prior to this, like, horrible like life changing life altering event come out during it and and you you've got this you're, you're at this interesting crossroads where you have this work that you w- were working on and then this happens do you, do you get the sense that you know because so much has changed and because kind of the, the context has changed in the world that that's necessarily going to have an impact on that set of songs you've been working on yeah that's definitely a valid point to bring up it's I think that there, yeah, like a lot of the stuff that's happening right now kind of does make it feel a little bit different. I don't know if I would want to release a bunch of material right now. That was like the next project or something. I mean, there's also just like, obviously, yeah, there's so much going on politically and just so many things right now that it's, I think that um, people just kind of have generally have like a short attention span. But I think the good thing that's happening right now, which is definitely good for me, I'm recognizing that there's uh, this sort of, you know, people are like basically having to just live all the time um, in the virtual, whatever, virtual sphere on their phones. Sure. And people are sort of, there was just this, um, everything was getting to this point of just being completely virtual and, you know, everything was like 
making a joke, like mocking itself. And it was so meta. And I think we've sort of like hit the, the tipping point with that stuff. And people are kind of craving just, we've had so much of that. We just are craving some kind of real connection or like, I think people kind of want to see like something that's more raw. Like they want to just kind of strip all that other stuff away and just see like, you know, like people perform this really um, kind of minimal, like heartfelt performance or something like that. Like I think we just want things to feel a little bit more real. So I think that's sort of kind of exciting for me with um, putting stuff out because that's always really important to me and, my art and I, there was kind of a while when it seemed like nobody cared about that like no one cared about anything that was emotional or deep in any way and you know we're just like making fun of everything that's just how we are we sort of still are like that but I think there is some within that there's some space for um I guess just yeah being vulnerable or real and I'm kind of excited to to go there because that it makes me it feels like a challenge to um, to do that. Does that manifest itself uh, musically as well? The band is just, it, it's the two of you and it's, you know, you, you playing the keyboards and Chloe playing the drums, but there are, there are big sounds and there are a lot of, you know, synthesized sounds and loops and things like that. Do you get the sense that part of this journey is going to be maybe stepping back and stripping that away to some degree? I think so, actually. I think that um, there's going to be both elements in the new new album we really want to do both because we've kind of realized that who we are as artists is it's so it's about like the extremes of the complete like vulnerable emotional stuff and then also I guess being kind of just crazy and out there with like production and I yeah I definitely like when I'm producing a song there's certain songs where I'll kind of just go in with like the weird sounds and synth stuff and I definitely like doing that but there's also some songs on this new album that we're purposefully going to keep super minimal. And it, yeah, it feels kind of, it does feel a bit scary in a way, but that's kind of why I know I should do it. So I don't know how it's going to be received at all, but we'll see. Do you feel a sense of obligation to, to yourself to get out of your comfort zone when making a record? I mean, it, has that been a constant throughout the, the albums or is that just something that you're really stepping into for the first time here? I would say both because we have been playing music for so long and we've always kind of had this approach of, okay, what are we going to do that's new for this album? Or we have to reject what we did for the last album, do something completely different. And I think there was some, (laughs) I think it was our dad who was actually telling us, he was like, (laughs) I was like not listening to him at first. I was kind of not, I don't really know, but he was saying something about how it was like, why are you guys always just trying to do the exact stuff you're not good at or something? You're like, you're always, guys are always like doing, it's like you purposefully know what you're good at and you're not doing that. I was like, like, thanks dad. Thanks for the feedback, dad. (laughs) But I think it was like some performance we did that he had watched and he's just really honest. And he was saying that it, you know, we kind of tried to do this like DJ set thing that I kind of agreed later on. I realized like we last minute decided to do that because that's sort of, for some reason we thought that we should like try to do this different thing. And then I kind of realized like, you know, like there's definitely cool to challenge yourself and step outside of your comfort zone. But I actually, I think it is good to remember what you do and what you stand for as an artist. And I was kind of, and I definitely took that to heart for this next this next album and stuff, like I was thinking about the songs of ours that had done well, like, do you feel it? And something about that's something about that song feels so me as an artist. It feels like completely true to myself, um, at least at that time. And I was kind of thinking about how I could, you know, just make sure I'm doing that with this stuff I'm working on right now. So like, if there's any moment where there's something that feels like super just me or really natural or like it might yeah it might feel like really familiar and instead of stepping away from that I'm gonna step even more into that so that's kind of a different thing yeah it's funny because I was thinking about that with respect to the 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 video game that you're playing a theremin at one point on there and like 
the theremin is just such a famously impossible instrument to play. Yeah, I'm, it's embarrassing. I'm playing it like wrong. But yeah, that, it was just like, it was just funny. I just was like, all right, I'm gonna, because Justin was, he was like, all right, just go crazy. Like you should make, you know, just make the music like completely insane. And so I just decided to go like above and beyond. And I was like, all right, I'm definitely going to think about video game music and what it normally is like, but I want to kind of just do my own thing and completely like go overboard with it. Like I had like strings on the songs and the theremin. I actually, um, it was, it was cool in the way that it worked out, but I mean, yeah, I was like, I was getting so mad trying to figure it out. I was like pissed when I was trying to record it because it wasn't working out. And then I just ended up doing this stupid thing with it that like worked really well in the song, but obviously whatever. It's not, um, I don't think I could ever say like, yeah, I played theremin. I don't. <laughs> what is the stupid thing you did with it? <laughs> it was, I think I'm, oh God, I'm going to end up like, embarrassing myself but I think I was I was trying to kind of because it was like the there were two that I had that I was working with and one of them was the like the digital one where you can sort of set the key and do these different things do you know what I'm talking about so it's not the traditional with the stick thing or it is but it's like you can kind of you can set the key that you want it to be in so there's kind of a sort of so you can't go it. you can't go like too far out. it's almost like auto-tuning the, the theremin yeah it's, i mean it's weird well it was it's still like you it's just such a weird instrument like you have to really know how to play it and i don't even i know i know that when you know because like obviously like the most famous theremin in like pop in like outside of horror movies is is good vibrations and i know that like you know, Mike, Mike, and Mike Love, like, famously not a great musician, but that they gave him, like, some kind of hacked theremin in order to play the part on Good Vibrations, because it was just, it was so, yeah, he had, like, a special ad. I, I don't, you'd have to look it up, but, like, it, he, he definitely wasn't out. Yeah, he definitely wasn't out there just playing straight theremin on stage. Yeah. Oh, my God. What the fuck? But that's the thing about, like, creating stuff, because if you're, it's, there's something so cool about just using these weird instruments and doing weird, like breaking the rules. Like you have to, you have to do some of that to kind of just be, have a playful attitude towards what you're doing. So I definitely had that with the video game. And um, I think, yeah, I kind of, it's like sometimes you can create something super cool where you're not even, you're not necessarily playing the most like technically skilled thing, but then the creative result of that sounds super cool. That's definitely something I think about a lot is, you know, there's like the technical side to music. And then there's also this other side, which is like about feeling and these kind of intangible things. And um, sometimes there's a weird recipe that just works to create this feeling. To some degree, when you were doing this, were you, it sounds like you were kind of creating the ingredients for it and then perhaps going back and, uh, producing it and mixing it together and really creating the final product on the computer. Yeah, I did. It kind of took a little while. So I had actually like gotten some new instruments midway through and then I started incorporating those. Some of the earlier stuff was actually stupidly made analog. That was before I knew that there was going to be so many changes to every melody and like the tempo and just doing things analog was going to be impossible for a video game because you just have to be so quick with everything. So I quickly scrapped that. And then um, I had to get like plugins to recreate my analog instruments on the computer because it just would not have worked to do everything analog. I needed to have tempos and have things locked into like a grid because of the loop Lego aspect of it. So I think I sort of got my routine down a little bit more. Like when I started out, I was, everything was taking way too long and I was creating like all these really cool melodies that were so, I loved them, but then I couldn't really change them. So if there was anything the game team asked me to change, it was like, I had to start over. So, and then later on, I started creating like more of a template for these songs where I could really quickly make changes to them if I needed. Um, And it worked really well. And I think I remember it was like later on, I thought I knew that I had these different like we had like a huge list of all of the characters and the level music and then it was like checked off when I had the song made for it and then somehow it was like later on that I realized that all the songs have to have a little bit more of this loop thing so I had to go back and kind of 
change them and some of them weren't to a grid and I had to make them to a grid and then it was confusing but I even had to like some of the stuff I started out doing wasn't to a click it was like analog just kind of more flowy and I had to go in and like manually edit those analog files to be like on the grid and it was a weird really frustrating process it must be really different not doing stuff to a click because you know I assume that so much of your process and so much of the the music making that you were accustomed to over the years has been with your sister who is you know basically a human click she's a complete metronome <laughs> she is. so that's the other thing I'm always the offbeat one like she knows that I'm bad with that and yeah she's super like she's always on beat I'm offbeat. <laughs> Working directly with a drummer in the music creation process has been so integral to you. Yeah, it's so true. I was like, I was like, ah, how do I, how do I write songs without this? Like, it's just always so easy to write melodies over her. You know, I, even if I'm a little around the beat, she's so perfectly on that it's fine. But it was probably good for me. Like, maybe Chloe probably thought it was good for me to learn how to be more. Do you get a sense of how working on a project like this is going to impact the work that you make as a band? I think it did. It for sure did, actually, because, I mean, it was just so such a, um, like, I, I guess I grew so much, just learned so much doing this. But it was also really cool to, in, in a way, I had less pressure. There was just all this freedom for exploring sounds and in fact the whole project was about finding the weirdest cool like interesting sounds that are going to be memorable and so I totally I just went crazy doing that and I with chaos chaos I probably would feel like that was too indulgent to spend all this time finding crazy sounds I love doing that but I usually I have like my go-tos you know that I use for chaos chaos but now I think I have way more of like a bank like a, a sound library and I have all these saved patches so many things that were from the game that I'm incorporating. And actually there's a lot of those like really quirky, weird sounds that I've incorporated into the pop songs. So I'm actually super excited about that. And in that way, it completely helped me. 